Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Just as in the Texas case, the Supreme Court found, because district courts holding trials, hearing evidence found, that this kind of restriction on abortion, limiting uh, abortions to providers who have admitting privileges at hospitals within 30 miles, does not help women's health. It actually I doesn't. I don't think that's what they found. I think, they, I think that the justices said that it was uh, unconstitutional. Uh, to have this uh, law in place. But I don't think that they made a judgment on whether or not it was good for women uh, to require abortion practitioners to be actual doctors. I, I, I disagree with uh, Mr. Stephanopoulos's uh, view of uh, what took place at the Supreme Court. But let's talk about it with someone who knows the case much better. Denise Harley serves as uh, senior counsel for the Alliance Defending Freedom. She was with us when this case went to the big court. And Denise, it's always good to have you at Kevin McCullough Radio. Welcome back. Thanks, Kevin. Always good to talk with you. Did not come out the way we wanted to. Why? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I think that, from what I can tell, the controlling opinion is uh, Chief Justice Roberts' concurrence. He concurred only in the judgment. He did not agree with the four liberal justices in their reasoning. Um, but what his uh, his bottom line was that this is very similar in his view to the Texas case that was decided in 2016. And so that was basically his reasoning. He said this is a very similar law, similar facts. And even though I thought that he thought that decision was completely wrong back three and a half years ago, he now um, says, well, but once we make a decision, we, we have to stick with it. So the whole starry the whole, decisis thing. This whole starry decisis, which sometimes... Sometimes they like it, sometimes they don't. Yeah, well, let's talk about it for a second, uh, Denise, because for people that were not following the uh, Supreme Court docket very carefully, this Louisiana law that was decided um, affected uh, what, what, what was the, uh, in essence, claim as to why uh, the state of Louisiana wanted to put it in place to begin with? Well, Louisiana had a, a track record of abortion providers there offering substandard care, uh, botched abortions, failure to report harm to women, destruction of medical records, no sanitizing instruments, uh, and on and on and on. So the Louisiana legislature, in an overwhelming bipartisan bill, passed a measure that simply required abortion providers to meet the same standards that apply to other outpatient surgical doctors throughout the state, which is to have admitting privileges to a hospital. And what that does is pretty much ensures a certain level of competence. And it ensures that women, uh, when something goes wrong during abortion, can have a continuity of care. Um, And the abortion businesses challenged this law. No women came forward to challenge this law. Abortion businesses saw that it might hurt their bottom line and make it a little more inconvenient for them. And so they launched this challenge and fought it all the way to the Supreme Court. 
Well, and and, and it's, this is so frustrating because anytime you're talking about the health of women and the health care for women and uh, what women deserve in terms of uh, any type of context in any discussion in this country, you have the National Organization of Women, you have uh, Planned Parenthood, you have all these other people that are there saying, hey, you, you better doggone take care of the women here because if you don't, you know, you're some sort of cretin. It seems as though they were very silent on this issue of having substandard, basically medical junkies, uh, dropouts uh, from medical school in some instances, uh, be allowed to uh, do very invasive procedures uh, uh, under these circumstances. Well, you're right that a message we've heard a lot lately is that we should listen to women and believe women. And certainly women can and should be speaking for themselves. It's the fox guarding the hen house when you allow an abortion doctor to come in and say, oh, no, 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 I don't want these regulations on me. It's really not in the best interest of my patients for you to regulate me like this. And, and that's really what this was. Well, and, and from a legal standpoint, which is your expertise, I'm, I'm frustrated with Roberts. Why is he so doggedly committed to this idea that stare decisis must be always uh, looked out for when when on the substance of a law, you, you have very obvious and very um, weak underpinnings for even the people withstanding to be making the argument, much less the argument itself. And it, it's surprising coming from him because if you look at his dissent, his vehement dissent in 2016 against the Texas law, um, he very much is saying kind of what you're saying now. And that case even had a a weaker record than the than Louisiana case did, the weaker facts, you know, in my view. So it is surprising. It it seems to be some sort of institutional concern in his mind to um try to preserve reliability in the court. I guess once we make a mistake we need to keep making the same mistake. It's it's hard to really wrap my mind around it. But I will say there's a positive takeaway and that is that he shot down in his concurrence uh, this idea that there's some new heightened bar or a heightened scrutiny. That's the, that's the talking point that the abortion industry has been saying since the 2016 Texas case. Oh, this is, it's a, it's even higher than Casey. It's now we really have to balance these factors and weigh it. And pretty much you always strike down a pro-life law under this new test. And, and Roberts was very clear. Nope. Nothing has changed since 1992. States are completely able to enact pro-life laws to protect life, to protect health and safety. And so I think there is pushback in a way that is going to play out in the in court cases that are going on right now that abortion clinics have brought. And so I'm, I'm hopeful for that. Denise, I hope that you are right, because uh, Roberts has consistently, and I think, you know, I was talking with a, a, an, an attorney earlier today off the air, and I said, it seems to me he's a different justice as a chief justice than I think he would be if he was just a uh, another uh, associate justice on the court. It seems to me like he's he's overly concerned about his role as the chief and making sure that the court has this protection of reputation or consistency or whatever you want to call it that gets in the way of deciding good cases. And, and if it's, uh, you know, the lasting legacy of George Bush to give us the, the chief justice that uh, codified Obamacare, that codified 
uh, Oberfeld that codified uh, the inability to do incremental reform on abortion, that's not going to be a legacy that the that in, at least uh, the right of center um, legal establishment is going to be very thankful for. I think I think one thing we've learned in, in the past couple of years, if not before, is that we, it's very very difficult to predict what the court's going to do and what's going to what uh, an individual justice is going to do. And I think that um, individual justices may be very sincere in coming to the wrong conclusion. And we unfortunately saw that in a, in a big way with Gorsuch's opinion in the Harris Funeral Homes case. Um, and we see that again today. And so, um, you know, ultimately, it, for me, it's encouraging to see the pro-life movement being stronger and bigger and better than ever. Right. And knowing that no matter what loss we have in courts, you know, we've been facing that for decades now, <laughs> losing in court, losing the legal battles. Um, on abortion, and it, unfortunately, it's still legal. But we're going to keep fighting and keeping speaking out on behalf of unborn babies and life until it's it's no longer legal or thinkable. All right, Denise Harley of Alliance Defending Freedom, member of the Center for Life, senior counsel. Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. I want to talk to you for a moment about a group I've done work with for years: ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. You've seen how your freedom is under attack? Go to townhallreview.com to find out how you can join Alliance Defending Freedom to help ensure the opponents of freedom don't dictate your future. That's townhallreview.com. If you enjoy your podcast, take a moment, tell a friend to subscribe today. This is Owen Strand for townhall.com. The riots cascading across the world have included many strange scenes, but few stranger than this. A Washington, D.C. plaque honoring Frederick Douglass spray-painted with an expletive. The plaque celebrates Douglas's heroic efforts to lead a bank for freed slaves. Like statues of abolitionists John Greenleaf Whittier, Ulysses Grant, and Matthias Baldwin, anti-racist rioters treated Douglas's memorial as if he was complicit in racism simply for living in the past. This erasing of history may have played well in the moment when the police staggered and the windows cracked, but it will not play well in the long term. History can be attacked, but it cannot be deleted. Long ago, Douglas said this, The soul that is within me no man can degrade. What is true of his soul is true of his legacy. Anarchist rioters may have tried to degrade Douglas's contributions, but no one can deface his memory. I'm Owen Strand. Alliance Defending Freedom. Protecting Religious Liberty. Click on the banner at townhallreview.com.